Praise the Lord, everybody. <clears throat> Say, praise the Lord, everybody. We talked about hallelujah being the highest praise and that we give it to Jesus Christ. As I look across this auditorium, this is not just a song for us. As I look across this place, the house of God, I'm seeing people, even in the big mirror in the back and myself, who have come and overcame the odds, who have been through the storm and the rain, who have said, you know what, through the thick and the thin, I'm still going to bless the name of Jesus. I'm still going to give him the praise. I'm still going to give him the glory and the honor. Hallelujah, Jesus. He's worthy of all the glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I thank God in the name of Jesus Christ for another opportunity to come before my brothers and sisters to be able to share the word of life. Bible says that man cannot live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. How many to believe that tonight? If it wasn't for this word, I wouldn't be here tonight. If it wasn't for this word, you guys wouldn't be here tonight. Amen. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. We ask you, Lord God, that you would help us, Father, in the name of Christ, to open up our hearts to you, O God. Open up our spirits, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, O God, to receive, O God, the manna, O God, that you have prepared for us tonight, O God. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we don't come, Father God, hallelujah, God, for show, O God, or to be entertained, O God, but we come, O God, to commune with you, Father God, to have fellowship with you, Jesus, O God. We love you, O God. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. You may be seated. So tonight, I'm going to be teaching from this title, Understanding the Importance of Giving Ourselves to God. Uh, from the exhortation through all the songs, it's just been one confirmation after another that the Lord is with us, and he has a word for us. Amen. So before we can truly give ourselves to God in the right manner, we must first be willing to allow his kingdom to be established in our lives. When we go all the way back to the beginning, you got this voice, this man of God, crying in the wilderness, repent, repent, prepare ye the way for the Lord's coming. And when you look at that word repent, sometimes we forget about it. We kind of leave it at the altar of our first encounter with God. And, but when you look at that word repent, the repent means to have a change of mind, uh, a change of direction. And so before we can really truly give ourselves to God, we have to have a change of mind in the way we think about him, in the way we receive him. He says, I'll supply all of your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And if we don't come into agreement with that concept, with that idea, with that word, then we're not going to get the, the, the promise that comes along with it. Amen. So we're going to talk a little bit about how to give ourselves to God, but in the right manner, from the right mentality, from the right mindset. Amen. So this is accomplished by first his word. Job said in Job chapter 23, verses 11 to 12, it says, for I have stayed on God's paths. I have followed his ways and not turned aside. I have not departed from his commands, but I have treasured his words more than my daily food. You see, we have to make the word of God more precious than anything else, even more precious in our life. You know the story of Job and everything that he went through. He lost his sons. He lost all of his cattle, all of his wealth. But he said, you know what? In all this, I'm not going to curse God. 
His wife said, you know what, why don't you just curse God and die? Why don't you just give up? Why don't you just throw in the towel? But he said, no, I understand who I serve, and I'm not going to do that. We have to be willing to allow God to lead us and guide us by his spirit. Psalms chapter 143 and 10 says, teach, meaning to instruct me to do thy will. Teach me to do that which is desiring of you. Teach me to do that which is pleasing in your sight. Teach me to do that which is acceptable to you. Uh, we see the story of Cain and Abel when God called them to give a sacrifice. And the Bible even talks about us giving our lives to him as a sacrifice. And we see that Cain gave God a sacrifice that, that was acceptable and that I mean, Abel gave a sacrifice to God that was acceptable and Cain didn't. And we see the end of that story. The Bible even, Jesus even gave him a chance to say, you know what? If you would just obey what I have given you to do, you'll be fine. But sin lieth at the door. So God is wanting us to hear his voice, to hear his call tonight, to give him that which he desires. Amen? Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, And be not conformed to this world. The, this, the, the, the ideologies of this world, the way this world is going now, we have so many things different going on in this world. The Bible says don't be conformed to the things of this world. Don't spend all your time watching the news. Don't spend all your time looking on Facebook to see what the latest thing is going on. Spend your time in my word. Allow your mind to be transformed by that which I have given you, the bread of life. He says that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? You see, until we allow God to change the way we think, nothing will ever change. You can't do a right action without a right thought. You can't do a right, a good deed without a good thought. The Bible says all good and perfect things come from above. Amen? So in order to live in the kingdom of God, we must first be willing to let go of our kingdom. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, he said, Then... Said Jesus unto his disciples, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. This means before we can start this journey, we have to first deny ourselves, which means to restrain from pursuing our own will and living as if we're the master of our own lives. He said that we can only serve one master. You're either going to love one or hate the other, but you can only serve one. Amen. And two, we must be willing to follow him, to allow him to lead the way. He knows all things. The Bible says his ways and his thoughts are higher than our thoughts, right? So if we understand that and we know that and we believe that, we have to give our life over into him and let him direct us. Amen? Jesus said he's the way, the truth, and the life. The only way out is through him. A lot of times we try to find a way out of our circumstances, situations, and when we look throughout the Bible, we see this theme, this thread, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, Daniel and the lion's den. One would think, you know, or desire God to have taken them out completely. You know what, God, don't even bring me, don't even put me through the fire. Don't even put me in that dark, deep, dark den with all these lions. They're going to devour me. But he says, you know what, I'm going to allow you to go through that because the people that's going to come after you are going to need to see this testimony that you went through, that you came through in the name of Jesus. Two, we must put all of our trust in him. We must believe that God will supply, meaning to pack in, to cram, to furnish, to fulfill complete all of our need, every mental, physical, spiritual, emotional void that we may have according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. So everything that we need has already been provided to us in this kingdom. We just have to receive it. Amen. Jesus said in John chapter 10, 
Verse 10, he says, the thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I am come that they might have life. This is talking about eternal life, true fulfillment and completeness in him. And that they might have it more abundantly. He says, ask and ye shall receive. Seeking ye shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened to you. The Bible says, exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to what? The power that worketh in us. So we already have everything that we need to be to live a successful life in Jesus Christ, to walk in victory because he has already overcome and he lives in us. Amen? We must three, we must be willing to endure the process. I was telling somebody recently, a lot of people don't really have a problem with believing in God because it's obvious. The Bible says you look around at the stars, the moon, the sun, uh, the very creation would tell you that there's a God. It says the person that says that there is no God is a fool. Um, but what happens is when we come into this walk with God, most people fall out in the process because God is a God of process. We live in a culture now where you got the pop singers, the, the rappers, this, all these stars. They're just given the platform without the process. Um, probably like 1% of them may have been taught by their parents to value money, to be good stewards, and to love people, to, to be kind and all these things. But a lot of them have it, and you see their demise Come, coming quicker and quicker and quicker. You know, the person that wins the lottery, the next week, they're broke. They're on drugs. They're down and out. So you see that it's more than just getting all the riches. And that's what God wants us to see. If, you, if we allow ourselves to get wrapped up in him, to abide in him, and allow him to abide in us, everything that we need will be fulfilled. Amen? Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 25, it says, for whosoever, it doesn't matter what our position is in the church, outside of the church, on our job, it says whosoever, whether you're the president of the United States, will save his life, shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. So this is all about finding ourselves in him, giving our lives to him so that he can make of us what he desires for us to be. Hallelujah. So let's look at some definitions of what giving ourselves to Jesus should look like. I listed five components of it. Number one, to yield to another, James 4 and 7. The Bible says, submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That's a promise. There's an obedience and there's a promise attached to it. He says, if you submit yourself to me, if you yield yourself to me, your heart, your mind, your soul, and your spirit, all these things to me, you don't have to worry about the enemy coming and trying to take over in your life. You don't have to worry about the enemy coming, taking over your children's life. You don't have to worry about the enemy coming, taking over your mind. All you have to do is submit to me, and I'll do the rest. Amen? Number two, entrust one's life to entrust one's life to. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This rest is talking about the Holy Ghost. The only real true rest we're going to have is in Jesus Christ. To all those that are listening online, if you haven't received the power of the Holy Ghost, I encourage you to begin to study that because the only way you're going to experience the real true peace of God is through the power of the Holy Ghost. We have to be willing to sacrifice. Romans chapter 12 verse 1 says, I beseech. This is Paul. He says, I'm crying out to you. I'm calling you to a higher level. I'm inviting you to this place, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. 
Remember that this is just the bare minimum. The Bible talks about if we just do that which we're required to do only, he says, to tell ourselves that we're unprofitable servants. And so whenever, wherever we're at, on our job, wherever, wherever we're witnessing out there, those are all the things that we're supposed to be doing. But Bible, the, Jesus calls us to go to a higher level. You know, he said um, he gave us a commandment to love as he, has, as he has loved us. Well, he said first to love your neighbor as yourself. And then he says a greater commandment I give you to love as I have loved you. So God is a God of process. He's always bringing us from one level to the next, from one level to the next. He says, I won't put more on you than you can bear. But too many times, if we're not careful, we'll allow ourselves to put more on us than we can bear. And then we'll go to God and ask him, like, what are you doing? He's like, listen, you just got to follow me. Just got to follow me. Look how Luke put it. It says, so likewise ye, when ye shall have done all those things which ye are commanded, we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. So we can't have a heart that just says, you know what, I'm just going to do the duty. You know, I'm just going to do... The bare minimum. You know, God says to come to church on Sunday and Wednesday. Don't forsake the assembly. I'm not forsaking the assembly. I, I come on Sundays. I come on Wednesdays. God is, God is, God is happy with me. He's, he's, he's going to accept that. But he's not because it's a matter of what's in our heart. And God wants us a heart. Give us, he wants a heart that's after him. Like David, the Bible says that he had a heart like the deer that panted after the water brook. So his heart panted after God. That's somebody who's desiring God, who's searching after God, who is inquiring of him. What is your will for me? You know this um, in the story of David. David would always, before he would ever go into a battle, Lord, should I go? And he'll go, and Lord, should I take over? And he'll take over. Every step he took, he's like, God, should I do this? And that's a principle in the word of God. The Bible says acknowledge him in all of our ways, and he will direct our path. Amen? The last one. We must pursue Jesus. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13 says, And ye shall seek, this means to strive after, to pursue, and to acquire of me, and find me when ye shall search with me with all your heart. Then and only then is when we'll truly find him. We won't find him any other way. Isaiah chapter 6, look what it says in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 8. It says, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then said I, here am I, send me. So God is looking for somebody who's willing to go. Um, God called Moses to go to, um, before Pharaoh to deliver his people from Egypt, meaning bondage. And it's just like us. Before we come to God, we were in bondage. We were wrapped up in sin. We, were, we couldn't find our way through until Jesus came into our life. But Moses looked at God and said, you know what? I can't speak. And a lot of us feel that same way, you know, even me. Sometimes I'm like, Lord, I can't do it. I can't do it no more. Sometimes I get depressed. Like, I, I just can't go another way. But God gives me encouragement. He says, you know what? I did it for you before. I'll do it again. That's what the song says. He did it before. He can do it again. So we have to begin to build these memorials in our life where we set them up. You know, they built altars and memorials. And those altars and memorials had a significance. They, what they said was, you know what? I'm here now. But when I look back, this mountain looks so high. But when I look back, he delivered me from that mountain. When I look back, he delivered me from that mountain. You know, when they crossed over the Red Sea, that was a big thing. I mean, when is the last time you saw a sea open up and people walk through and then your enemy died before you? It never happened, but God knows how we are. You know, he had fed the 5,000 with two fish and five loaves. And just not too long after, the disciples are worried about how they're going to feed the people. He said, remember not the loaves? So it's our nature to forget. 
what God has done. And the reason why we forget is because we're not really walking in a spirit of thankfulness. When we become thankful to God, we'll, every, everything that we do is a matter of giving the glory to him. When we wake up, I thank God that he's able to um, allow me to see, to talk, to walk, to clap. What we're doing now, right now, we can't take it for granted because somebody is on a hospital bed who can't move, who's in a coma. They don't know if they're going to make it. The family's distraught. They don't have Jesus. They don't have no hope. But we do. So we, ha- we can't take that for granted. Amen? Hallelujah. Jesus said in John 4 and 23, it says, But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. This is that hour, and this is that time. It's not time to be lukewarm, to go back. To, uh, to be afraid, we have tasted and seen that the Lord is truly good, and he has proven that he will keep his end of the bargain. Um, we have this pandemic that striked us out of nowhere, but it's not anything new. We had the flu, the, um, I, I don't know what they call it, but, you know, we had the flu back in the day. We had all these different viruses and diseases, but for some reason, everybody's maximizing on this one event. But God is like, you know what, forget about all that. We're going to make it. You know, he's, the Bible says that he built this rock upon the church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So God is in control. He's not going to let us wither away. He's not going to let us fade out. Whatever he has, the Bible says, what I have purposed in you, that I will finish into the end. But this is where our issue really lies. And we find it here in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21 and 24. Verse 21 says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Um, we have to begin to value the things of God. We t- I talked about it earlier in the message, valuing his word, valuing um, being led by his spirit um, so that he can lead us and guide us into all, all truth. It says, no man can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he would hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. You see, there's no middle ground with God. He says, if you're hot, he'd rather you be hot or cold or he'll spew you out. And nobody likes, we don't even like that. Sometimes we look at God and we're like, you know what, that's kind of extreme. You know, nobody's going to, can live a perfect life. He's not requiring us to live a perfect life. He just wants us to give us his best. He wants us to trust in him that he's able to do exceeding abundant of all we can ask or think. He's able to bring us through the storm. He's able to bring us through the valleys and all these things. He wants to just trust in him. Amen. Let's look at, let's look real quick at two Biblical principles that I believe will truly help us to establish a solid foundation in our walk with God. We must first remember that our relationship with God has to be founded on faith in Jesus Christ. We have to believe that Jesus is who he says he is and will do what he says he will do. The Bible talks about faith being the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It says, for by it, the elders attain the good report. So it's the thing that we can't see. We can't see God. We can feel him. We can see the effects of his spirit throughout our service. You know, we pray for somebody. The tears begin to, to flow. The power of God begins to flow. We, see, we feel the chains by witness of the spirit of God in us that they're being broken and all these things. But we can't see God. Um, but we have to have faith in him anyway because we know because of his spirit that lives in us that he's true. It says, but, but without faith, Hebrews 11 and 6, is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I'm trying to go slow. I'm not supposed to be preaching. Um, so God has given us a measure of faith. 
And he expects us to use that measure of faith to get to him. We have this Bible, and sometimes we get caught up with the Bible, and the Bible is very powerful. The Word of God is powerful. The Bible talks about how it's um, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of the soul and spirit, to the bone and mirror. It goes down to the very intent, our desires, our motives. But the Bible, Jesus said that he searched the Scriptures. This is a principle. He said, but they be they that testify of me. So this, this Word of God that we have, the one that you have in your hands, the one that I have on here, it's to get us to Jesus Christ. It's to get us into a relationship with him. He didn't want us to be like the Pharisees going around thinking that we were more holier than now, thinking that we were better than the next person because this gospel was for everybody. He said he came to seek and to save that which was lost. And he said, if you think that you stand, be careful because you're going to fall. So I don't think that I'm somebody because I got the Holy Ghost and I've been baptized in Jesus' name because just like anybody else, if I don't continue to hold on to his unchanging hand, I'm not going to make it. If we don't continue to hold on to the unchanging hand of God, we're not going to make it. We got all these pandemics going on right now. We got people dying left and right. There are people who are in the hospital who are not, who don't think that they're going to make it. All these things are going on and we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. We got the new president that just came in and so often I just heard that they're going to start taking away um, the funding from different schools. If you don't begin teaching that um, this idea that, uh, of a homosexuality and lesbianism and all these different things, the world is becoming darker and darker. If we don't get a revelation of who Jesus Christ is and if we don't trust in him now, we may not make it. We may not make it. So faith, the Greek word faith comes from the word pistis. It means to believe that Jesus is God that he is our creator, that he's the ruler of all people and things, that he's our provider and the giver of eternal salvation through his death on the cross. Amen? The second word for faith definition is our, our reliance upon Jesus Christ to save us, which means to deliver us from whenever in the here and now and to bring us into eternity. This is important because many of us believe that God can do all things, but sometimes we have a hard time believing that he's going to do it for us and that he's going to do it for us right now. But if we can't believe God for these natural things, the little things, how can we believe him to take him to heaven? We have to think about that because being translated into heaven is supernatural. God providing for our, to pay our bills or to pay a cardinal or whatever have us is, is natural, is very small. But to take us from this place to the next place, if we don't have that truth and that belief anchored in our heart, we're not going to make it. And we find this in one of the greatest um, apostles, Peter. Peter was one who laid on the breast of Jesus. He was one who walked with Jesus for three entire years. God manifest in the flesh. He said um, when Jesus um, uh, brought the idea that somebody was going to betray him, he's like, no, 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 Lord, I'll never do that. I'll never do that. I'll never deny you. He said, listen, before the cock crows three times, you're going to deny me. And before you know it, Peter's cursing everybody out, denying Jesus. I never knew this man. So if we don't get this relationship with Jesus Christ, which begins in prayer, effectual for him praying, giving ourselves to him in prayer, and truly studying this word of God, when it comes time at that moment, that appointment of denial, we're not, we can't conjure that up. This is something that has to be built in us. Our relationship has to be built through prayer and through the word of God if we're going to make it. Amen? So where does this faith come from? Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says, So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So we can't say that we believe in something that we haven't heard. So we got to keep on studying, keep on hearing, keep on coming to church, keep on hearing. It says, so how do we come to know what the Word of God says? 2 Timothy 2, 15, in the Amplified Bible says, Study and do your best 
to present yourself to God, approved, a workman tested by trial who has no reason to be ashamed, accurately handling and skillfully teaching the word of truth. This is important because we hear a lot of things, a lot of different messages. If you watch YouTube or if you're on Facebook or wherever you're at, there's so, much, so many different things out there that's telling people this is the way, that's the way. I watched this um, Christian film. It's called Pilgrim Progress. I like it because there was this one character in there who he didn't have the ticket. You know, the Bible says that if you come in any other way, then you're like a thief and a robber. Well, they had the ticket, which would be for us, baptism in Jesus' name, um, the Holy Ghost, living a holy life and all that. He didn't have that. And what he began to, to um, quote was, he's like, you know what? I was Jesus priest on my streets. I went to church. I went to Bible study. I had a connect group. I had all these things. Surely he's going to let me in. And it was a very powerful movie because when he got to the end, two angels came, swooped him out, and then cast him into the outer darkness. So it happens that quick. And he says, depart from me. I never knew you. So we have many people who say, you know what? I preached. I taught your word. I cast out demons, all these things. And I always wondered, how can you do those things? Because I've been used to do those things. And I'm like, you got to be walking with God. You got to have the power of God, right? And he says, depart from me. I never knew you. But here's the key. He said, I never knew you, which was a relationship. He said, ye workers of iniquity. They didn't have a relationship with God, one, and they did things on their, according to their own will. So those were the type of people who just came to church, went through all the motions. They had enough knowledge of God and belief in the word of God to do the miracles, to, 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 to pray for the sick, they were, and, and they'd be healed and all these different things. But when they walked out of those doors, a whole different person. Jesus knows that. He looks at our heart, right? The second way is from a spirit-filled preacher. Romans 10, 14 says, How then... Shall they call on him whom they have not believed, and how shall they believe in whom they have not heard, and how shall they hear without a preacher? So God expects us not to forsake the assembling ourselves when we come into the house of God. We hear the word of God from our pastor and from the different ministers that God has appointed. This is very vital. If God has called you to preach, preach. If he has called you to teach, teach. Don't let the enemy discourage you. Don't let him think that, cause you to think that you don't know enough. I don't know enough. I always think I don't know enough. Even when I study all day long, my wife will tell you, sometimes 10 hours a day and I still come out talking about I don't know. But that's just us being self-conscious of ourselves. We have to allow God to, to, we just have to give ourselves to God. That's what this message is all about, giving ourselves to him, giving ourselves to him in prayer, giving ourselves to him in studying, allow him to his love for people to flow through us. And so when we begin to get that mentality and that mindset, it's no longer about, well, am I going to sound good? Am I going to do it right? It's going to be about, I just want to help somebody. And Jesus just demonstrated the same things. Sometimes he would be walking by people who are in need and he wouldn't stop. But then they would cry out to him and he would be moved with compassion. Even the disciples, he said, go to the other side. That was a word of faith. All they had to do was hold on to that word. Jesus said, we're going to make it to the other side. So it doesn't matter how hard or how strong this storm rages. He gave us a word. And he said that he would have walked past them, but they cried out. And then we see another principle. Peter stepped out. He said, Lord, if it be you, bid me to step out onto the water. And he stepped out onto the water, but then he began to doubt. And he sing. So we have faith in God. We know that God can do it, but sometimes we take our eyes off of him and we get distracted. But it's not a time that we can afford to get distracted because tomorrow is not promised unto us. We may, not, we may walk out and it be the last day, the last um, breath that we breathe. So we have to take this serious. Amen. Let's look at the important role 
that pastors play in our life. Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15 says, And I will give you pastors according to mine heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Notice it says, after his heart. What is the heart of God? God is the God of love. He's not doing acts of love. He is love. So whether we make it or we don't make it, whether we live for him or not, he still loves us. He says, even while you're yet sin, Christ died, right? So we have to understand that we don't have to do anything to, to, we don't have to do any work to receive his love. Of course, there's different things in the Bible that we have to obey, but in terms of his love, that's already been given to us. We just have to receive it, amen? Two, he says, they will give us knowledge and understanding. Now remember, this is according to truth. Proverbs says, get knowledge, but with all that knowledge, get an understanding. And this is so powerful because a lot of times we'll have knowledge, but if we don't have the, 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 right, the understanding of how to apply that knowledge, it's, use, it's useless to us. It's like having the keys to a car and not understanding that in order for the car to start and move, you have to put it into the ignition. So understanding is very important when it comes to life. I walk with God, life, anywhere you go, we got to have knowledge and understanding um, in order to be complete. So what does our faith do for us? Our faith in Jesus Christ assures us that he will provide for us. Philippians chapter 4, verse 19. I'm going to go through these quick. It says, but God shall supply all of our need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. He protects us. Isaiah 54 and 17 says, no weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. He's here to heal us. Isaiah 53 and 5 in the Amplified says, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our wickedness, our sin, our injustice, our wrongdoing. The punishment required for our well-being fell on him, and by his stripes we are healed. He's here to deliver us. John 8 and 36 says, If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. So nothing in this world, this COVID, this fear, anything, nothing can stop us from being, being everything that God has called us to be. Amen? He, he, he's here to guide us. Proverbs 3 and 6 says, In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct our paths. We have to take that one serious because a lot of times we get ourselves in trouble. We go, and then we say, God, bless this. But he says, he wants us to say, Lord, is this something that you want me to do? Is this the direction that you want me to go? And he'll tell us what to do. Let's look quick at three things that cause us to doubt the promises of God in our life. One, we may feel that he's taking too long or we put our limitations on him. Remember Abraham and Sarah. I won't go into the story because I don't got much time. Um, two, his perfect will ended up being different from ours. So we deem him to have failed us in that area. So a lot of times we'll say, God, it's in God's hands. I know when I went through this whole police wanting to be a cop phase, the whole thing was about God showing me that I had made becoming a police officer my God. And when I got to the last interview, the chief of police looked at me and said, you have no communication skills. And I'm like, I just came out of an oral board that was all talking, like all, the whole thing was talking. They're asking, they're drilling you, asking you questions, asking you questions. But in my heart, that's when the Lord caused something to shift. He revealed to me, he says, you have made this your God. Because after that, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to church no more. I don't want to do anything. This is it. Everything was about me becoming a police officer. I had no desire to do anything for God. I was just going through all the motions, repeating, regurgitating, doing all these different things. It was never in my heart. And the Lord showed me through that long sequence of events that 
This is what, what it was about. Uh, real quick, principle number two. Remember that God chose us to manifest his glory and not our own. First Peter 2 and 9 says, But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. So this is telling you and I that God is calling us to do his will, and he's desiring that his love be expressed in our lives to the people that are without hope, the people that are dying, the, the person that's next to us on our job, where the person that's at the um, cash register at the grocery store. He wants that love to begin to pour out in such a way where we're not afraid of the person behind us, of what we're going to say, Jesus loves you. We're not afraid anymore. We're just going to do what God has uh, told us to do. Look at what 1 John 2, 15 to 17 says. It says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So our motivation, our intentions, our desires have to be him first. Um, it says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness, his way of doing things according to his word, and all these things shall be added unto you. So how do we remain, how do we remain connected to him? And I'm coming to the close. Jesse, if you don't mind, can you just play that first song we played tonight? I don't know if you remember it. Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, and verse 6, it says, blessed. This word blessed means happy, satisfied. Content. The Bible talks about godliness with contentment is great gain. He says, this is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Watch this. It says, but his delight, his desire, his value, and purpose is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate, meaning to ponder and to study both day and night. And this is the promise it says, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. There's a season that our fruit is going to be made manifest. God is wanting somebody to know that tonight. Your season may not be right now. Your season may be a season of pruning. We're all in that process in that season. But some of our seasons may be longer than what we desire for it to be, but I come to encourage somebody to tell you to hold on. Hold on to God's unchanging hand. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. He has not forgotten us. It says, for the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. See, God's desire is that we become like trees in him. A tree represents strength, stability, depth. And if we begin to live in this manner, we won't be moved by the things of this world, the sin, gossip, our past, making more money to build our kingdoms outside of his, distractions that keep us out of church, fear. I wonder if we could stand. See, the Bible says greater is he that's within us than he that is in the world. 
we have to believe that no matter what we go through in this life, God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. It says, we just have to be persuaded that neither death nor life, heaven, hell, none of these things, nor angel, principalities, and powers will be able to separate us from that love that he has given us. And that love is shed abroad today in our hearts by way of his spirit. And if we'll begin to lift up our hands and begin to call on the name of Jesus Christ, that same love that he poured out for us at Calvary, all the stripes that he received, all the beatings and the wounds that he received for us will begin to be poured out anew and afresh. When I said in the beginning that I look across this auditorium and I see people that have come through some all kinds of trials and tribulations, you have not given up on God. It's not time to give up on God. It's time to press. Forget all those things which are behind and begin to press toward Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, Jesus, oh God. Father, in the name of Jesus, Baba. In the name of Jesus Christ, hallelujah, hallelujah, God. Oh, hallelujah. If you want to come to this altar and renew your commitment to Jesus Christ, I invite you to come. Hallelujah, Jesus, 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 oh God. In the name of Jesus Christ, hallelujah, God. Let's just lift up our hands. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, oh God. Ba, ba, ba. We thank you, Jesus, for the word that you have given us. We thank you for the life that you have given us, oh God. Help us, Father God, somehow, oh God, to, to take a hold of your hand, Father God, and allow you to lead us and guide us by your spirit into all truth, oh God. Help us, oh God, to allow you to show us, oh God, who we're made of, oh God. Help us to allow you to show us, oh God, that nothing is going to be able to take us out, Father God. No matter what we've done, no matter what we've said, no matter what has happened to us, oh God, you are able to do everything, oh God. You are able to make all things new, Father God. This is the purpose by which you have came, Father God. You are able, Father, to take that which is broken, oh God, and to make it whole again, oh God. You are able to take that, Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, oh God, which has been forgotten, oh God, and you are able to cause it to be remembered, oh God. I pray tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. Christ, oh God, that you would touch every mind, oh God, touch every body, Father God, touch every spirit, oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ, oh God, let the gifts of the spirit, oh God, begin to operate, oh God, amongst your people, oh God, let the fruit of your spirit, oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ, begin to, oh God, encompass us, oh God, so that when we walk back into this world, oh God, we're not walking with our head down, oh God, but we're walking back out in faith in Jesus Christ, oh God, that he's able to do all things, oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ, oh God, I wonder if we'll believe again, Oh God, I wonder if we'll press again. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ, don't let condemnation hold you back. Don't let condemnation hold you down. In the name of Jesus, we've all fallen and come short of glory, oh God. But it's up to us to get back up. The Bible says the just man falleth seven times. But it gets back up again. I wonder who's going to get back up and believe God again. In the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of Jesus Christ. I speak strength, oh God. Into every marriage. In the name of Jesus Christ, oh God. In the name, give us wisdom, oh God. Hallelujah for the journey, oh God. In the name of Jesus Christ, oh God. We're not going to turn back, Jesus. Hallelujah. We're not going to turn back, oh God. We love you, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, God. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus, oh God. Let's just make that, oh God. 
our personal testimony. Hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus Christ, hallelujah. You are mighty Jesus, oh God. You are mighty Jesus, hallelujah. Oh, God. Oh, we're not turning back, hallelujah. Through every trial, hallelujah. Through every circumstance, through every situation, we're gonna press in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray in the name of Christ and release that a fresh anointing of press, oh God. Help us to receive it, Father God, in the name of Jesus Christ, oh God. Thank you guys for coming out again to another time of fellowship in the word and in song. I just encourage you to take this word and truly apply it. Take this word and truly meditate on it and allow God to continue to help you to grow and to develop in him and to do that which he has called you to do. Say that which he has called you to say and to go into the places by which he has called you to go. Like pastor always says, love one another, be kind to one another encourage one another. In Jesus' name, amen.